Welcome back to the Kahaleolo Massage Podcast. This is Aaron. In this podcast, we're going to talk about common upper extremity injuries people come in with when they want to get a massage. So I'll be talking about shoulders, forearms, hands. So a lot of times when people come in, you know, either to do work or they're playing sports or outside activities, shoulders, forearms, hands are commonly injured, you know, especially, you know, like us weekend warrior types who were 40s thinking we're a bunch of teenagers trying to go out there and do things we used to be able to do. But, you know, as we get older, it gets a little harder. You know, we're not as flexible. Things get injured. So, yeah, so in this podcast, we're just going to talk about some of those self-diagnosed issues people come in with when they come in for a massage. One of the more common injuries that or I see when, um, when people who work in offices or they use vibrating machinery just generally use their hands a lot. They always say like, oh, my forearms hurt or my hands hurt or I have tingling in my hands. And a lot of times they they tend to think that it's carpal tunnel syndrome, CTS. But the reality is that the carpal tunnel syndrome is when the median nerve is compressed and it causes decreased sensory and or weakness of the thumb and the first two or three fingers on the palmer part of your hand. So a lot of times people tell me when they come in, like, oh, my entire hand's tingling or my entire arm feels weak or whatever. A portion of it could be due to carpal tunnel. If you do display those issues with the fingers and the with the thumb, but usually in other cases, it's more like to be thoracic outlet syndrome. With thoracic outlet syndrome, there's two things that we cannot work on as massage therapists. Those are that if if the brachial plexus or the nerves coming out of the neck are impinged on by either the first rib or the clavicle, can't really work on those. Those are bony structures, so we can't really do anything to manipulate those. But the third occurrence is the one that we can, you know, work on, address directly, and that's the scalenes. So if there is issues with the scalenes, people will feel that the numbness or tingling down the arm, through the hands, they might feel weakness. With the scalings, they might feel pain between the shoulder blades as well. So with, with that, yeah, thoracic outlet's probably a little more common than people realize. And also, like, people will come in and say, like, oh, you know, like, especially, like, if you're playing um golf or you're playing baseball or softball or something, and they throw and they say, like, they're... Their forearm flexors hurt or whatever. They have like what they call golfer's elbow or medial epicondylitis. They think that's like they blew out their ulnar collateral ligament and they're going to get um Tommy John surgery or whatever. But usually it's just inflammation, excessive use, like excessive throwing or trying to throw a curveball when you're young. That's golfer's elbow. That's It's on the inside of your elbow. The outside of your elbow is the tennis elbow. And, it, and that too is just a kind of repetitive use injury which you can use massage to work cross fiber and kind of break up some of the adhesions, especially as if it's in the chronic phase, not necessarily in the acute phase. You probably just want to ice it, compress it, you know, all the usual initial maintenance things. One of the other issues that people come in where they say like, oh, my shoulder's so sore. I think I'm coming now with frozen shoulder. Frozen shoulder is kind of a pretty bad diagnosis to get. Nobody really knows why it comes on. It's actually called adhesive capsulitis, so that's inflammation of the capsule that surrounds the socket. So the inflammation either on 
in the ball or the socket. They, people are saying maybe it loses synovial fluid between the joints. So generally the symptoms of frozen shoulder are pain in the area, which causes decreased range of motion. And it's a very gradual process. And as, as there's more pain, people like to use their shoulders less. As you use it less, when you try to do it, it's painful. So they decrease their range of motion even more. And so as you can see, there's like this downward spiral where the shoulder does become immobile or frozen. So there's three stages. There's the freezing process. So it's kind of funny because they do call it freezing, frozen, and thawing. So the freezing process where it's actually happening. So that pain, the pain, spasm, decreased range of motion cycle kind of starts to occur where it comes all the way down until it's frozen where you can't lift your arm past 90 degrees in abduction or even you know, forward abduction or lateral abduction. Uh, frozen is you know, you, you don't use it, and then the thawing occurs, you know, as some of the inflammation goes away, or you can kind of address the issues, you know, the tight muscles that it can possibly be as well. Frozen shoulder is a little more common in women, I think two to one women to men. Most of these injuries um, of the upper extremities, people will come in during the, the post-acute, probably chronic phase or whatever, Mainly they want to decrease pain, increase range of motion. At this point, all the different massage styles are available. You just got to figure out what the... So as you're doing your um, intake, you need to figure out what the... You know, at what phase they're in. You're trying to figure out how they injured it, mechanism of injury. Uh, you're just trying to figure out... Get as much information, get a broad perspective. If If it is something more serious, then... They want to maybe go see their doctor, but if it's within, you know, the massage scope of practice, then we can do something about it. So, like, for example, like if they have finger weakness, they have forearm tightness, or they have tingling and numbness down their hands, a lot of times I'll massage the forearms, especially at the attachment sites in the forearm flexors, um, so the medial epicondyle, just massage that. A lot of the finger flexors are there they attach up there so you can work there you can actually work in the hands there's you know the the palms there's a lot of muscles small muscles in the hand and then you do it on the extensor side the back side as well and then if that alleviates some of the pain but not really then you just kind of go up the ladder you, know, you try to work biceps brachioradialis possibly and if those don't work then Usually I think it's going to be the scalenes. And if that's the case, you can kind of recreate that pain and tingling by really getting on the scalenes, working on it. You can't work on it too aggressively because it really does hurt. So you kind of, you really have to be in good communication with your client so that they don't tense up to cause more pain. But you need to get in there and, you know, address those muscles effectively so that they can reduce you know, their pain. And sometimes when people work out, they complain about bicep soreness, uh, especially at the point of the shoulder. At times, maybe, you know, if they're bench pressing or something like that. So possibly it could be pec minor, could be, you know, it could be a lot of things. But for me, especially if they're, they play sports or they throw things, you know, volleyball, tennis, whatever, usually I just try to go straight for their vespinatus. And people don't believe you when you're like, oh, it's the back of the shoulder. Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. They're like, no, it's not. It's right here. I feel it in the front. But if you do a lot of trigger point stuff, infraspinatus refers pain to the point of the shoulder, 
right where the bicep attaches. It'll be pretty painful to them, and it'll create a lot of relief once you start getting into those muscles. The rotator cuff muscles are very small, but they can be very, very painful, especially when they're in spasm. <clears throat> and then for frozen shoulder, so I, I like to adjust all the rotator cuff muscles, like especially the infraspinatus for sure, teres minor, and then you got to get into the um, get into their armpit essentially and work on their subscap subscapularis that does the internal rotation of the of the shoulder so that tends to hurt a lot of people very often and it's neglected but then also with the frozen shoulder at times the entire it's not just the the shoulder joint the glenohumeral joint but it's also the rotation of the scapula because so the scapula is at times bound down onto the rib cage, so serratus anterior is, is affecting it, the rhomboids, a lot of those small muscles are push, are pulling it down so that it doesn't get the full range of motion. Without the full range of motion of the, of the scapula, you won't get full 180 plus degree range with the shoulder. So, you know, I like to work on serratus anterior rhomboids. The rhomboids we work on a lot, but serratus anterior is very neglected. So you know something to look at, especially when you're doing frozen shoulders or if people have some sort of shoulder dysfunction. And then even when people have like breathing issues, I look at the serratus anterior just for the chest expansion. That and that and the scalenes are like secondary accessory muscles to when you know people are breathing really hard or if they're coughing for long periods of time sometimes those are those issues that occur so yeah that's that's about it that's about all i got for this discussion on upper extremity injuries if you guys have any other ideas that i should talk about let me know uh send it to kahale massage at gmail.com or send a tweet at kahale i'm pretty sure that's what it is but until next time see ya